This podcast is brought to you by IsoClean Carolinas. IsoClean Carolinas sells ISO 10, a patented EPA-registered disinfectant that can sterilize all areas of your facility, killing 99.999% of all pathogens, including a proven ability to kill COVID-19, MRSA, influenza, and norovirus, among others. Beyond the ability to spot sterilized contact surfaces, ISO 10 has an independently proven five-day residual ensuring surfaces remain sterile and sanitary for at least five days after each application without leaving any chemical residue or streaking behind. In addition, IsoClean Carolina sells various PPE and disinfection equipment, such as electrostatic sprayers, which can be delivered the next day if needed, ULV cold foggers, three-ply, and N95 masks. Please visit isocleancarolinas.com for more information or email info at isocleancarolinas.com. This is Joanna DeCellis, editor of Club and Resort Chef. We're taking a bit of a different approach with this episode of Club and Resort Talks, sponsored by IsoClean Carolinas. Our guest today is Adam Dietrich, who is both a culinary arts professor as well as a SurfSafe certified instructor and food safety expert. Adam has worked closely with Scott Craig, director of culinary operations for Myers Park Country Club in Charlotte, as well as with others across the food service industry. He has incredible insight into the world of food safety and what should and shouldn't be done in the midst of this global pandemic. Thanks for joining us today, Adam. What is your official title? Well, so I am the culinary arts and hospitality teacher at Myers Park High School in Charlotte. I teach culinary one, two, three, and four. We have four levels now of culinary arts. I'm also a a corporate and continuing education instructor at Central Piedmont Community College, where I get to teach adults uh, entry-level work skills. Uh, and so I stay pretty busy. Besides that, I'm a freelance uh, ServeSafe instructor, uh, teaching about 400 to 500 individuals a year and, and helping them manage their way through uh, the ServeSafe certification. So you are an expert on food safety. How have things shifted in the food safety world over the past six months? There's been a few things happening in the world. Can you tell us a little bit about, from your perspective, what has changed? The main thing that's changed is where there's a heightened level of understanding of sanitation now. And the general public now understands that not only do we have to wash our hands really well before and while doing anything, uh, but uh, sanitation and sanitizing things uh, has, has kind of become uh, more important to us as we're uh, kind of working through this, this COVID uh, world that we're in. You know, it's something that, that restaurants and, and clubs and uh, bars, I think that we're poised to actually work through a lot of these changes a lot easier because these are things that we're already doing. We're, we're washing our hands really well uh, and often, uh, and uh, we sanitize, we have to sanitize everything. Now, you work with Myers Park Country Club, right? I do, absolutely. Chef Scott How- Craig, amazing, uh, amazing chef. Tell us a little bit about that dynamic. How did you kick that off and what kinds of things do you do with them? Uh, here at Myers Park High School, uh, we're only a mile away, maybe less than a mile uh, from Myers Park Country Club. And the relationship was forged a couple of years ago when uh, Chef Scott Craig reached out and um, asked about our aquaponics system. We have a uh, aquaponics system inside our greenhouse here at the school uh, that uses uh, fish to fertilize water. We use that water to feed plants. And so we grow three different gourmet lettuces, uh, lettuce varieties in, in the greenhouse. We were growing all this lettuce, but we didn't have anything to do with it. So, you know, we, we were growing it all uh, and needed an outlet for it. And uh, when 
um, when we forged the relationship with uh, Chef Scott over at, at Myersport Country Club, it really was the, the perfect relationship. He was going through a lot of lettuce a week and we were producing a lot of lettuce a week. So it, it worked out really well. Uh, so we harvest the lettuce and we bring it over once a week. And if there's anything special that uh, he wants us to grow, uh, you know, we're, we're happy to do that as well. So that's how the relationship got started. And uh, ever since then, you know, uh, I mean, I, I think uh, everyone listening uh, knows the name Chef Scott Craig. Uh, he's, uh, he's a, a, a powerhouse uh, in the club chef world for sure. Um, but you know he's been he's been very gracious uh, to us, and uh, it's it's a wonderful relationship we've been able to forge. And you've done some food safety training with his team, some surf safe training with his team recently, right? Can you tell us a little bit about what you kind of came in and did? You know, with private clubs here in North Carolina, they're not required to uh, be um, health inspected. So uh, for for Chef Scott Craig, he knew. Uh, he knew that there was a heightened awareness of uh, food safety uh, now going on through uh, these these COVID times that we're in. And uh, so he asked me to come in, uh, do a training session with, uh, I, I believe it was 22 people. We had, he had almost his entire culinary staff go through this uh, serve safe manager certification, which of course is not required, uh, but he knew the importance of food safety and, and wanting to, to bring that level of expertise uh, into his kitchen and, uh, and, and to be able to offer uh, to the club and, and to his members. So during these trainings, especially in this current environment, what are some of the questions that you get from these students? Like, what does everyone want to know? They want to know the difference between disinfecting and sanitizing. That's a big one for us. All right. So tell us, what is the difference between disinfecting and sanitizing? Yep. So sanitizing, we are reducing harmful pathogens uh, through the use of uh, chemicals. Uh, we use quaternary ammonium. We use chlorine. Uh, but with disinfecting, um, we are eliminating viruses, we're eliminating bacteria, we're eliminating the good stuff, and we're eliminating the bad stuff. Uh, this is, when you sanitize, you're able to kill or reduce the pathogens. With disinfecting, you are eliminating the pathogens completely. So you're, you're eliminating, unfortunately, the good pathogens as well. We need some of that good bacteria, uh, but that as well is what we're eliminating. So disinfecting is something uh, that you know, I, I believe in uh, for certain places, but I think that we we really do need to to, uh, to mostly just sanitize. So how does a club source a product they know will achieve one of those two ends? So they're going to want to look for, uh, and they can order these chemicals through their food service purveyors. Uh, they can order them through uh, any of the chemical companies that'll come out and actually manage their systems for them. First, you have to decide uh, really kind of what your budget is for chemicals. We all know that, that chemicals get very expensive and uh, there are certain chemicals that are uh, less expensive th than others. Um, and typically you want to use the least amount of chemical uh, and, and do the best job. So, you know, for, for us, we're really using either chlorine or, or quaternary ammonium. Um, but, you know, for the most part, the chemical companies are going to be able to, to steer uh, the, the club chef in the right direction for, uh, for, for chemical usage. 
Have any of the processes changed as a result of COVID? Only a few things have changed. You know, we're, we're wearing masks in our operation now on the line, uh, especially when uh, our, our chefs are cooking. Um, but, you know, for the most part, again, I really think that we're poised to make our way out of this uh, without having to change a lot of our processes because of uh, it's what we've always done. I'm working to change the culture of, of management in food and beverage and the, the management idea that calling in sick to work is a bad thing. You know, we want now our employees to call in sick. We should thank them when they call in sick. You know, I was discussing this with a group yesterday. Is it, is it going to hurt when someone calls in sick? Sure. Are you going to have to jump on the line and, 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 and work that shift? Perhaps. You're going to work a double and you weren't expecting to? Maybe. But, you know, I think we've all worked for, for companies and for managers who, you know, they didn't care if you were sick or not. You, were, you needed to be there. But now I think we're understanding that sick people can make other people sick and, and really be a, a detriment to our, our business. One of my next questions was, what do you think will stay and what will go? It sounds like changing the culture. That's it. You know, I was a young manager and I was told by uh, my general manager one day when I wasn't feeling good, you know, he said, I don't care if it's coming out of both ends. You're a manager and you need to come to work. And I think that a lot of us can relate to, to that as well. We've, we've worked for, we've worked for companies and for managers who, who had that mentality. You worried the next day after calling in sick, if you were going to be retaliated against, or you'd lose some shifts, you'd lose some hours now. And especially since a lot of markets are, are waiting in a very shallow labor pool here, you know, their employees are not a dime a dozen like they once were. So now we're needing to keep those employees. And I, I honestly believe that that, that culture shift is, is what it's going to take. Besides that, you know, all of the processes are, are things that we're already doing. We're already sanitizing. We're already washing our hands really well. We're going to have to wear these masks, uh, you know, for a little while longer until we really see these numbers drop. Um, but other than that, I think that, you know, maybe the way of the buffet is on its way out. Um, you know, we're having to reimagine uh, how we serve guests in those uh, in those types of service scenarios. You brought up a good point with buffets. Um, banquets are a big part of club business. So how do you still have banquets, but keep them safe? Yeah. And I think that that's going to that that's going to change the way we work and it's going to change the the, 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 that's the way it's always been mentality. And that's how we've always done it. We're going to have to go back to the drawing board. We're going to have to uh, look at our, our operational staffing. If we bring in, uh, if we bring in more staff to work the buffet and actually serve from that buffet, we're eliminating the amount of touch points. You know, the, the, if, if the guest isn't touching uh, utensils and uh, plates and, and other things as much, then hopefully we're eliminating their exposure as well as the rest of our guests' exposure uh, to any potential uh, pathogens or, or viruses that are in the air. We have other things to worry about than COVID, uh, of course, um, but I think that I think that we're we're going to have to go back to the drawing board. We're going to have to we're going to have to explore more action stations. You know what what are those action stations looking like? It's not just a carving station and a pasta station anymore. There's there's going to have to be uh, more operational staffing involved and 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 really put those people uh, out in front of the guest and and allow them to uh, and allow them to serve. What do you wish every club chef knew about food safety? Well, that it really starts with them. 
it starts at the top. Your, your cooks, your line cooks, your sous chefs, you know, they look to the club chef, they look to the, the executive chef for that leadership. And if that chef is visiting the hand wash sink every time his or her hands may become contaminated, then the employees are seeing that. Uh, it's vesting the rest of the staff in the operation's success when it comes to food safety. You know, let's hold each other accountable. Uh, if we see something that isn't being done correctly, let's call it out. Let's talk about it, obviously in a way that's, that's courteous and respectful, uh, but it really does start at the top, and that leadership is what staff wants. Then you have to look at the training side. I think that training is always important. It's not just important enough to, uh, when, a, when a person first starts in their new hire paperwork, to talk about the five major foodborne illnesses, to talk about the symptoms and talk about what to do if they're sick. That's when a lot of folks uh, end up uh, talking about and training on these very important topics instead of Taking, a, taking 20 minutes out of your week and maybe on your busiest day, pulling all of your associates aside and, and saying, hey, today we're gonna talk about norovirus or we're gonna talk about hepatitis A. We're gonna talk about the five major foodborne illnesses. We're gonna talk about the symptoms, continuous training. The posters up in the kitchen, great idea. But if you're walking by those posters every single day, you're not seeing them. They end up becoming out of sight, out of mind, and, and they're worried about other things. So the, it starts at the top. I say, um, model that great behavior and then train, train, train. Employees love to learn. They want to learn, teach them more. And if, and if, you're, not, if you're not qualified to teach that, then bring in a professional to do it. For more podcasts, check out our site, clubandresortchef.com.